by the way, that it actually where Three Magic Questions came from was actually that same, uh, the same book I'm, I'm, I'm referencing that was written for women to hypnotize men into going out with them. <laughs> Would you like to know? It's called Love Trances by Craig Ravinsky. Best book I have ever read on practical, real-world hypnotic attraction techniques. It is not fair. <laughs> was written for women, though. So I had to tweak it. I had to change it just a little bit for men to be able to use it, too. Because <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> right? I have whole workshops. If you go to my YouTube channel, David Snyder at YouTube.com, uh, I have over 70 videos, and they're not small videos. Just loaded with content on everything from lie detection to advanced attraction skills for men and women, uh, how to heal a broken heart, how to uh, you know, catch a liar, fix, heal pain, law of attraction stuff. We have a, reminds me, I have a gift for you guys. Remind me before I, I let you all run off to the, uh, out into the world. I have actually two free gifts, one of which has to do with those cards in your hand. Okay? Uh, the other one is, I shouldn't even give you because you're just, but you all showed up today and you ate my candy. Of course, you're going to leave the milk chocolate for me, aren't you? You're just going to leave that shit. I know. All right. All right. Extreme overreaction. We talked about this. You ask somebody a question, and they just go nuts. They just, how dare you accuse me of lying, blah, blah, blah. When you see an out-of-proportion emotion like that, big red flag should be going off like gangbusters. Okay? The, 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 the objective behind that kind of behavior is if they raise enough of a stink... You'll drop the subject. Ladies, you do this, right? No. No, you don't do that. Oh, here's a little body language tip. When women get stressed out, this is a gender study. When women get stressed out, they get more specific. When men get stressed out, they get more global. This is why when you get home from work and she's pissed off, it's because you left the toothpaste lid open. You're like, what? And the seat up. All right. Um, and, and it's not, it's not a, a cultural thing. It's a neurological thing. Right? So if you know your wife or your, your husband's baseline, and they come home, and you can tell they're stressed, match their, sort, their, their information sorting system. If you know they're going to be global, don't get all specific and go into ultra detail about you know, the bills and this, that, and the other thing. He's not in the place to hear it. Same thing. Guys, when you get home and she's pissed off about the toilet seat lid, don't blow it off. Okay? <laughs> How many people are here are interested in conversational hypnosis? Okay. There's a really sneaky way that you can use conversational hypnosis to help spot a liar. You guys know what an embedded command is? Okay. An embedded command. One of the things you can do, and you got to remember, when you deliver embedded commands, you've got to use at least three of them. Because it's based on the neurology uh, isolating and determining a pattern. But you can literally uh, tell, the un tell the unconscious mind that whenever it's going to lie, to do something. Like, I'm not suggesting that you're going to stiffen whenever you lie. You know? <laughs> because stiffening up whenever you lie, you know, and you know, all of a sudden they go to lie like... Just an idea. Just a thought. I don't know. 
Is this something you want to, how long does that suggestion, the question was, how long does that suggestion stay with you and do you want to do that with a spouse? You know? No, not asking. What are you asking in so I know I get the question right? So, I mean, let's take, for instance, employees, students, mm-hmm. people like that, and we're here in a controlling environment, and first day or whatever, and, and you make those suggestions. Are those suggestions going to be uh, acted upon a year, two years, three years down the line? They could be. When you're, Depends on how much they're reinforced, in my opinion. A lot of people, there's a lot of contentions. How long do post hypnotics actually last? My instructor, Jerry Kine, says that they last as long as, the, as, long as they're, until somebody goes in and removes them. Um, but I've seen suggestions not, not manifest over a period of time. I think a lot of it has to do with the state in which the, the trigger, the anchor, was set. And I think a lot of it also has to do with how many times it's actually activated and reinforced. How often do you get something that bumps up against it? How often is yeah. it countervailing yep. influence? True. Will it away yeah. So the more I think going to what this gentleman says is, you know, how much resistance or how many other things that go against it, how much, how much conscious energy are they going to expend overriding that, right? If they know the suggestion is there or they know that they're doing it, how, how many times is the, is the suggestion actually triggered so that it manifests? That was one of the things we've seen a lot is when you give somebody a post-hypnotic many times, when, when you actually create the suggestion, they're very kind of slow and lethargic to respond at first, and then the more times you have them do it, the more rapidly the behavior starts to generalize and become more, more consistent. So I think a lot of it has to do with how, how often that, that particular suggestion is fired. So maybe, maybe it's permanent. If they're chronic liars, man, you could be you know, divorced really quick. Sorry? Oh, the, oh uh, it might be something like, you know, some people stiffen up whenever you lie kind of a thing. Uh, do you know what embedded commands are? Yeah, I do. Okay, so, so yeah, so he might, he might. If you like. Yeah, yeah. And if we remember when we remember when we deliver embedded commands, you got to do it at least three times. And there has to be a strong downward tonality. And don't worry, you won't get caught. I've tried to get caught. I have done things at drive-throughs that would I can't even say that on camera. Because <laughs> uh, people are just droning. Remember that little four that little four square model: in, internal, external, associated, dissociated. Most people that you will run into are internal dissociated. They're in their own head, completely disconnected. They're going through their laundry list, their soccer their soccer schedule, everything but being in the moment. So in order to, it's an opportunity for a, a covert hypnotist many times because there's no recall pathway and you can just load suggestions in there if you know how to do it peripherally, right? Yes, sir? Is it, is, there actually a, is it a good thing to try to bring the person in a different state of what it, they, they are actually? When they start to lie, they have all this build up, you know, in their Yes, mind? actually, it's a good question. Is it good to bring somebody into a different state? If someone is in a pissed-off defensive mode already, all right, it's going to be hard for me to, to, to tell. I'm just, I'm just going to put more wood on that fire if I don't get them into a stable, steady state that I can use to, to, to mark deviance. That goes back to this whole thing of Othello's flaw. Many times when people get very, very stressed out, scared, defensive, they will exhibit what we interpret as deceptive cues. And they're not being deceptive. They just have hyper-responsiveness to, to the environment or, this, or the context. So many times you have to really be careful, you know, really double-check yourself when you're going to start provoking stress and, and looking for deception indicators. Does that make sense? 
Okay? No, you know, first of all, once you make the decision that you're going to dig, you got to be like a bulldog, right? You got to control your state, focus on the baseline, go into what they call L squared mode, which is auditory visual. We're only looking for deception. We're not looking for what, anything that's true and what they say. We have to completely disregard it. We have to only focus on what is not matching up. And like a pit bull, just keep digging, right? And be, open, and be okay with whatever answers we get. Yes, sir? Since we're in Vegas, my interest in coming here was to do better at poker, but everything you listed, you can't see them playing poker. you got sunglasses. I know. They cover themselves up. Poker is not about, oh, he came here to learn how to, how to get better at poker. Uh, there's a great bunch of books out. Uh, remind me after the class. I'll write it on the board or I'll send it out in an email. Um, there's a great set of books by a former FBI body language expert specifically on, on poker tales. But the feet are under the table. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to look for even subtler cues. Some, some people might tap their glasses when, they're, when they're, they've got a good one. Some people might hold their hand. If on one hand, they might hold them the cards one way when they have a good hand. They might hold them in a different hand. They might put their cards down when they know they have a good hand. Or right. Right. Again, you're looking for deviations from the baseline. But remember, a professional poker player, they're designed to minimize those tells, right? So you've got to get super, super micro. That's where micro-expression training for you, and if you're going to, because that's where that stuff will come out, the grief, the, the, the anger, the joy, they'll flash. Can a person pick up micro-expression? Yes. Paul Ekman, paulekman.com has a complete set of software that you can buy, or I think you can even use it on his website, that will train you on how to spot micro-expressions. You're welcome. PaulEckman.com. Microexpressions. If you're gonna, if, if you're, if you're dealing in an environment where people have facial, like sunglasses in there, or maybe beards or whatever, uh, microexpressions are a great way to identify when people are masking emotion. Okay, but they happen very, very quickly. So the software is, is, is actually very good. There's also a set of books he put out. One is called The Facial Action Coding System. Paul Ekman uh, consults very, very frequently with a lot of uh, security companies, FBI, TSA, CIA, those kind of things. Right? So he's very, I, I have a tremendous, tremendous amount of uh, respect for Paul Ekman's work. In fact, um, in, uh, in my conversational hypnosis class on Sunday, I'll be talking about a phenomenon called the emotional refractory period, which Ekman discovered which is tremendously, tremendously powerful in understanding how people are going to parse your language what, and what behaviors are likely to generate and actually how to install non-verbally in people filters that cause them to think about what you said in a way that's more useful for you getting your outcome. It's a really cool phenomenon. We do it neurologically, and so it happens at random and by default. But when you understand how it works and you have the state control stuff we play with and some of the other things, you have tremendous, tremendous leverage on the human body. I've got a question. You know, people that are... I think of as pathological liars mm-hmm. always tell stories that you know they didn't do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Did you have to confront them to start to get the, the defensive? Do you team? have to confront them? No, you don't have to confront anybody. No, no, no. no. I, mean, I mean in order to see the, 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 the defensive stress. Well, actually... Because they're used to just telling these stories constantly. Mm-hmm. But are they, are they probably going to be... I, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple people that I can't... The question is, do they believe their story? If they believe their story, in their mind, they're not lying. Right? This Going back to that whole Stanislavski thing. If you're congruent, if you believe in what you're saying, whether the information you're conveying is true or not, you're not lying. You're telling lies, but in your world, you're not lying. But 
For those of you who ever get a chance to see somebody's handwriting, did you know people who have a tendency to be deceptive actually have a particular handwriting trait that sometimes shows up? You don't want to know that, do you? <laughs> all right. The, uh, the, the trait is in the O. Okay. It's best isolated in the cursive O. Now remember, just because the trait shows up doesn't mean they're lying to you then. And it doesn't actually mean that they're lying, but that the probability that they're going to engage in deception is higher than normal. So one of the things that we look about at when we look at handwriting traits is the O. If, there's, if they make an O like this, the direction of the loop indicates where the behavior is oriented towards. Anything that moves to the left in terms of our handwriting, and by the way, this seems to generalize into other aspects of the nervous system as well, Anything that moves to the left is towards self. Uh, anything that moves to the right is other. Yes? Can left-handed, does that make Nope. Sense? Handed doesn't matter. Does it, does it change if you have an NLP timeline that's... Does it change? Yeah, I mean, no, I haven't, I haven't found any correlation with the NLP timelines. Although you find out a lot of times people put a lot of their past on this side, on their left. Yes, sir. Uh, sort of off topic on handwriting, if you adopt the traits of like all the traits you want, does it become... You can overwrite them, yes. The question was if you adopt traits of people whose handwriting, if you adopt the handwriting traits of people you like or who you admire, can you change it? Yes. The term is called graphotherapy. And everything that our nervous system expresses, it expresses on multiple levels simultaneously. Okay, uh, in the world according to David, you'll find a lot of analogies. It goes to a, a studies in what we call embodied cognition and uh, object relations theories. Uh, these are all neurosciences, but if, for instance, just uh, to go off on a little bit of a tangent, what's your name again? Paula. If, if I wanted Paula to actually feel more warmly towards me, and I gave her a warm drink to hold, she would actually start to process emotional warmth the same way she processes physical warmth. We can actually change how she perceives and filters me through the objects in the environment. Okay? When people are sorting timelines or playing with time, I have noticed more often than not, whether you, go, whether you re-reference metaphysical systems or more of the neuroscience, self almost always tends to be to the left. They don't actually have to drink it, right? Nope. They just got to hold it. They just got to hold it. Yes, sir? Uh, doesn't that something to do also with the way people have learned, you know, cursive writing? Like, for instance, in Europe, uh, no one uh, learned to write, you know, uh, like in the U.S. It's always cursive writing. Mm -hmm. So you're taught to actually write every letter a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And uh, if someone uh, actually drawing all like the one on the left, uh, we, I mean, we wouldn't pay the right here. We would have to be with the uh, with the loop on the right. Okay, I, I lost the question somewhere in there. So. So is that you're, you're saying that people in Europe are taught to write a very specific, very regimented way. If that were actually true, now maybe, maybe they may be taught that way, but I guarantee your handwriting looks very different from your classmates' handwriting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Because how you express that standardized is based on how on the parts of your nervous system that you use and the way you process information. Yes? I didn't mean adopt the handwriting trait. I mean, like, let's say there's a trait of people who are creative, their handwriting. If you adopt those handwriting traits, will it make you more creative? Yes. 
Yes, I was. I actually answered the question right. I just didn't hear the question. Yes, it's called graphotherapy, and literally, you can change anything about yourself. I call it the backdoor principle. Okay, you can do it through your neurology, through your handwriting, by changing the, the individual traits in your handwriting. It takes about 21 to 30 days. Well, I would go 90 days, but 21 to 30 days is, is usually a good window. You can literally change everything about you. Okay, but you got to do it a lot. They're both deceptive. The bigger the loop, the bigger the possibility. Of, and actually, it's not deception, it's secrecy. The bigger the loop, the bigger the drive. Yes. Yes. Just, I'm a handwriting analyst, and usually it's double loops that are... I haven't gotten to that one yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Yeah. yeah. The double loop, which is what this gentleman's... Is, is when you see this. Now, sometimes that loop will close. Sometimes it won't. If the loop doesn't close, they're going to lie to themselves, they're going to lie to you, and they're going to let everybody know about it, right? right. If, if the loops link, then when they talk to you, they may let everybody know about it, but they, these people don't know what the truth is, and they don't care. Okay? Now, when you start sorting for people's handwriting, you start looking for this trait, you have to look at how many times does the letter O actually appear in the sample? Based on how many times the letter O actually appears in the sample, how many times does one of these suckers show up? The percentage gives you roughly how dominant or how active that particular trait is in them at any given moment. Okay? When, I can't remember the guy's name. Ford, when he signed off on that report about Kennedy's assassination, mm -hmm. his signature was remarkably different than yes. what he normally signed off on other pieces of mm -hmm. documents. Mm -hmm. Would that be an indication he's being deceptive? Or, he or he's in an extremely different emotional state than he normally is. One of the things I have noticed, there's a trait... Uh, to what you were saying, uh, and this gentleman was talking about when Gerald Ford signed the, what was it, the, the pardon or the? The report that the Congress finally passed mm -hmm. clarifying yeah. the assassination. The report that Congress finally passed clarifying the assassination of, of JFK, right? Um, his signature was markedly different. Remember, your physiology controls your psychology. If your mind is in a certain state, your neurology changes. It can't not happen. That's where the basis of handwriting analysis, graphoanalysis, and all the things we're learning about, it all comes together. As your psycho-emotional state changes, how you use your body changes. As, you, how you, as how you use your body changes, your brain changes. Your emotions change. It's a feedback loop, okay? If you're someone who has just finished a very, very intense research project, and your handwriting is normally this big, Chances are, if I, if I ask you to give me a handwriting sample after you've just finished that very, very intense research project where you have to focus and concentrate, it'll look something like this. It will dramatically shrink. Some traits in handwriting are transient. They change as your state changes. Some are more consistent. Right? But that's the one I've noticed. If you want to be able to concentrate more, write smaller. Asians love writing small. I'm married to one, I know. I need reading glasses for my reading glasses. But this is a trait that's pretty consistent. I've been a big fan of handwriting and analysis for many, many years. It has never not served me, and it has almost never been wrong. So as a hypnotist, as a hypnotherapist, ask your clients to write some stuff for you. You get a little snapshot into their psychology and what they're most likely to do in any given situation or scenario. Yes? So what does that have 
the way the kids are writing nowadays, mm-hmm. they're all printing and yes. texting. It's harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're developing a system. We're, we're developing a culture now that is becoming more and more dissociated. We are replacing real connections with the illusions of connections, and so a lot of the things that we rely on from a more organic age, a little bit more challenging now. Right. So, did everybody hear her question? Yes. What does it mean left to right? Like uh, you talked about the loop in the middle, but what does it mean? If, it's, if the loop is on the right side of the O, it's towards other people. So if, if somebody asks me what I did yesterday, I'm more likely to say, well, why do you want to know? I will answer a question with a question. I won't just say, well, I went shopping or I stayed at home. I would say, why do you want to know? That's where your, your defensive behaviors will tend to manifest. The bigger the loop, the more dominant and energetic the trait. Follow me? Okay. Smaller loops, small drives. Big loops, big drives. Big imagination. Make sense? By the way, if we understand that loop size is equivalent to how big their imagination is and how strong it, by the, the length of a, of a loop or a stem is, is determines strength of a drive or a trait. If it's a loop, the size of it is how big the imagination is, how suggestible they are. No, there is no there is no cue that says deception. It's only when these things happen in in the context of a specific topic. The big, Yes. Yeah, the bad behaviors. Yeah. yeah. They have this ability. They have this tendency to do this. But if people are writing something that is fraudulent, you can probably bet that that will show up more because the trade is being activated. Yes? You touched on it briefly, but you talked about a lot of people are printing nowadays, not doing cursive. So yeah, it's harder. It's harder. People who print tend to be a little bit more defensive anyway. They have a little bit more need for privacy. But now because of our, because everything is, te- is text now, we're just defaulting to block letters and things like that. But a lot of times you'll see, you'll see handwritten cursive intermixed with printing. And that actually means something too. For those of you who want to really study the handwriting stuff, uh, look up Bart Baggett stuff. Yeah. They tend to be a little bit more intuitive. People who, who intersperse um, when, the, when, the, when printing and cursive kind of intermix in a communication, it tends to show a little bit more of an intuitive side. They tend to get feelings about people that later turn out to be true. Who was Bart Baggett, B-A-G-G-E-T-T. He's out of, he used to be out of uh, Texas. Now he's, uh, I think he's in L.A., isn't he? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so that's something you can look at in handwriting. I, I had a hypnosis client when I lived in Oklahoma. He was a good friend of mine, too. And, and, and I, he came to me to do a session, and he wrote some stuff out for me, and I saw, I saw these massive... And there, there was drama followed this guy everywhere he went, and I could never figure out why, because he was the sweetest, nicest guy. And I look at his handwriting, and it's like this. The loops are just everywhere. And I was like, okay. I said, and Got to be careful with those guys, right? Or girls, because they don't know what the truth is. Half the time, they're making it up as they go, and they don't care. They will tell you what's ever on their mind at the beginning. So the loops are in the writing and not just in the O. The, no, the loops have to be in the O. The O is specific to deception or secretiveness. Loops in other places indicate other things. Right? If people want to know more about handwriting, um, I'm happy to, you know, maybe next step of thoughts, we'll do a breakout on handwriting or something like that. Or uh, 
if you guys want to come to my website or something, I'll, I'll put some stuff up on handwriting. Uh, because in my profiling, when I teach covert hypnosis, which is really social influence on steroids, I spend a lot of time on profiling other people, knowing, figuring out what meta programs they're working with, how to speed read them, cold read them. Yes? Have you studied or, or looked at how much of these traits come out during trance state? No, I have not. I have never bothered to, to really... Uh, by the way... Not can, writing, but I mean the, the... I'm not aware of any, any studies to that effect. Uh, but it's a good it's a good it's a good idea. Yeah. What if there are no loops? Doesn't mean this trait doesn't exist. It just means it's not in their handwriting. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, let me finish this list real quick. Can I ask a quick question? You can ask a quick question. Yes. Uh, what uh, you said you have a friend that uh, is really a mess, but he's a nice guy. What if you tell him stop writing with loops? I didn't know to do that then. <laughs> and I didn't know how to bring it up. To say, look, dude, you're, somewhat, you're, you're borderline psychotic. You don't know what reality is. And you don't really care. I think if you stop writing this way, you know, reality would change. Yeah, not so much. But I think, if, yeah, I think if you know that you have, by the way, the problem with this is that they don't care. When they have, and I, I find myself a lot of times when I'm going through a transition phase where I'm moving from one set of behaviors to another, like I'm doing self-work, I'll have these little loops show up for a little while. Where I'm like, part of me knows what's true, there's another part saying, no, you ain't changed yet, dickhead, right? And, and, and then it'll go away. Right, so, um, so these things can change. It, I, I, we would, none of us would be in this room if we felt that there was any part of human behavior, human personality that couldn't be changed. The question is, is it worth the time, energy, and effort to get whatever degree of change we can? And that's something that we as therapists and, and hypnotists have to make a decision. You know, I firmly believe that anybody who walks into my door can be hypnotized. They don't have to believe in anything I tell them. All they have to do is do it. All I got, your job is not to get belief from your clients. Your job is to get compliance. Because if they do what you say, they'll get the change. If they don't do what you say, they don't get the change. Does that make sense? My stuff isn't based on belief. Okay? Otherwise, I wouldn't have many clients. <laughs> but anyway, so let me just go through this. We have a few left. Hiding the mouth or the eyes. Many times when people begin to become deceptive, there's part of them that's a little bit ashamed. They'll cover the mouth, they'll cover the nose, they'll cover the eyes. Now let me think about that. Oh, you know, ever see these gestures? Right? You know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, let me, where were you last night? Uh, my daughter, I told you not to, I told you to stop seeing my daughter. I went by her house, your house, I saw her car out front. You weren't there. I know, because I looked. Where were you? Let me think. And inside I'm going, oh shit. Right? Or let me think. Right? Or maybe you'll get this. Where was I last night? <laughs> you see how it all starts to jump out at you? Right? But if you're focused on the story, you'll miss the visuals. If you're focusing on the truth, you'll fill in all the gaps. Your rational lying brain, your neocortex, will create a plausible rationale to, to, to confirm the true parts. Right? Now, if you're already predisposed that this, this is a lying son of a bitch in front of me, then it doesn't matter what he says. You've already made your decision. Your perceptual filters will shift, and nothing he says will be true. That doesn't help either. Understand? Your goal, when you, when you engage in the act of of, of tracking down or invoking deception behaviors is to find 
out if they're being deceptive. Which means, by definition, you're not convinced either way yet. The same thing happens when we do a lot of kinesiology and body testing. People, I, I stopped doing kinesiology. I'm a big believer in energetics and vibration and stuff like that. In fact, we have a whole breakout on it this weekend on speed healing and energy hypnosis and things like that. But I stopped doing kinesic testing or kinesiology testing a long time ago because there's too many ways to bias the test. Too many. It's not reliable because if you want it to work in a certain way, you'll overwrite what their nervous system does. Yeah. You'll just overwrite it. Um, and there's many ways to screw with that. So it's not even, you know, as a self-test, you have to really separate what you want to be true from real intuition, which is another big thing that we have. A lot of people in the hypnosis field are also intuitives. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong because they haven't separated out wishful thinking from actual intuition. They're actually in different spatial locations mediated by the proprioceptive nervous system. Uh, throat clearing. You get somebody, you ask them a question, and the next thing that happens, <clears throat> let me see. How many clusters is that, by the way? There's at least two there, right? Right? I clear my throat, I looked away, I touched my face. Now what has to happen, I repeat their freaking question, or I bring God into it. Whenever they bring God into it, they're probably lying. That is actually true, by the way. We're actually, we're actually taught that in uh, our kinesic interview and interrogation class. Anytime they start bringing God, Allah, the Bible, into it, red flags should go up. Okay? Doesn't mean they're lying, but it's a high probability that they're getting ready to. Anchor point movement, we talked about this. If, if I'm sitting, you ask me a question and I shift. Right? Or I'm standing in a certain way, you ask me a question and I step differently. The anchor points of my body to the earth change. These are all indicators that something happened inside. They're not random, okay? Especially, especially if you've been matching and mirroring their physiology the whole time. It is extraordinarily, okay, it is extraordinarily hard when you've done the physiological connection that I'm talking about and alluding to. It is very, very difficult for them to break away. They have to exert a very, very strong effort. They can do it to break that connection in order to lie effectively. It's very compelling. Okay? This is why we started with this stuff. If we could just keep matching the physiology, the systems want to go towards more and more connection, which by definition tends to imply more and more honest communication. Right? It's, it's, it's physics. Um, and I'll, I'll show that video later on this week. Grooming gestures. This is, again, these are soothing gestures many times. You'll see this also in attraction cues. Um, many times when, when uh, someone is actually, when a female is signaling attraction, they'll start playing with their hair, grooming gestures, things like that, right? In a, in a lie detection context, when people start, we call it self-soothing, when they start grooming themselves, they start distracting themselves with something else, that's exactly what they're doing. They're creating a metaphorical or a symbolic distancing and buying time. So on one level, they're trying to soothe themselves, they're trying to relax themselves. A lot of times, self-stroking you know, or tapping. These are also soothing or stress dissipation gestures. So we want to become very, very aware of our baseline, of our, first of all, our state, right? We got to get them out of their head and into the world. Location, occasion, right? We got to match and mirror their physiology so that the systems entrain, and it's very hard 
to pull away. We gotta set a baseline. We gotta look for clusters. Look for posture, for body orientation. Blocking gestures. Do the verbals match the visuals? Right? When they say something, within five second window, what do they do? That's the timeliness aspect of it, right? Verbally, they're gonna, they're, they're, what's, what's the rate and speed at which they speak? Does it speed up, does it slow down? Does it only speed up or slow down when certain topics are brought up, right? These are all things that are gonna happen, they're gonna happen a lot, they're gonna shift very, very quickly. Most of it you will miss because you're not there yet. You know, I, I, I miss stuff all the time, and I've been doing this for 20-some years. But we can always look at people. The best thing is, is you're in Las Vegas. You got human beings everywhere in their natural habitat behaving badly. Okay? Go to the casino and watch these people. Look for the patterns. The one common denominator in every single thing that I do, teach, practice, is based on two words, pattern recognition. When you learn to recognize patterns, the universe will open its secrets to you like the skeleton key to the universe. I, 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 that's, to quote my father, I shit you not. Right? <laughs> when you can see patterns, human beings become very, very predictable. And in our line of work, as reality technicians, that's an extremely useful skill to have. Before I let you go, I have two free gifts for you. One has to do with that card that we handed out. Because you guys came out today, because you sat through my intensely weird lecture on body language, I'm gonna give everybody here a free gift. Normally to walk into my clinic or into my office, whether as a coach or a mentor or whatever, it's $175 an hour, I know, I don't charge enough. But, what I'd like to do for everyone today, uh, whether you're local in San Diego or across the country, I do a tremendous amount of consults by Skype, I'd like to offer everybody in this room a free, free 30-minute consultation with me. If all you want to do is talk on the phone and shoot the shit for 30 minutes, you can do that, okay? It's my gift to you. All you got to do is A, take one of those cards, write your contact information on it, hand it to the center row, and I'll collect them. And I have one more gift for you. Uh, since I only have five minutes, I got to speak really fast. I have been running the world's longest ongoing skill-building mastermind mentoring program on NLP and hypnosis and other forms of influence and persuasion that exist. It's been going on continuously since 2010. We meet on the third Saturday of every single month. We have since 2010. And I have a long, illustrious history of teaching hypnotists for free, everything they need to know to be successful out there, okay? Um, we, meet, we get together on the third Saturday every month and I go, okay, what do you wanna learn today? What do you wanna learn? What do you wanna learn? What do you wanna learn? And I write it all on the board. I look, at the, I look at everything that's written. I find the connecting threads. I create the lesson plan on the spot. And for the next four hours, I drill you on those skills until you can do them in your sleep. We videotape every single one of those sessions. Because you were here today, you ate my chocolate, <laughs> asked me really cool questions. I'd like to... We, we, we videotape every session, we archive them on the NLP Power website. For the next 30 days, if you go to nlppower.com, 
facebook.com forward slash H T HTL HTL 2015. I will give you free, full, unfettered access to all five years of those Mastermind video archives for 30 days. Which means you can log in and watch and watch and watch and watch some more. And we have people who do that. Okay. Normally, nlppower.com forward slash HTL 2015. Okay? No obligation. There's no, we're not going to spam you or anything like that. Although I'll think about it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I've been doing that with your archives. Oh, you've been on the archives? Yeah, well, I think every morning for about four or five times a week. We have a morning breakfast together. Oh, I didn't know that. So we have a we have a veteran like, who actually accesses the, the. Give her a big round of applause. Uh, some of the people in this room have been to my mastermind. Some have not. Uh, talk to them. How many people have been to one of my actual trainings? Just raise your hand so I know. If you have been to one of my actual trainings, talk to these people. Uh, I give better stuff away for free than most people charge for. Not that I'm arrogant about that at all. But, um, we have one minute left, so I will take whatever questions we have before you guys head out. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I was told that uh, people actually are much better liars when they are into trance. Any uh, any recommendation or techniques you can use to prevent them from going into trance? Catch their tellers before they go into trance. The, the question was, people lie better in trance. That's true because your critical factor is gone. What you believe is, is reality isn't the same anymore. So if you're a good liar outside of trance, you're a better liar in one. All right, so you want to you want to actually start to you actually probably have to provoke their critical factor to get them a little bit. I wouldn't even try to detect a lie in trance. I have to assume that the person, unless I'm getting real strong nonverbal contradictions, get strong, strong rapport with them and ask the right questions before you put them in formally. Three magic. Three magic questions is the most powerful way to do that in a interview or a consult format. All I ask if you had good if you if you had a good time, make sure everybody knows it, right? As if this were one of my meetups. I would say, if you had a great time, post good things to the meetup. If you didn't have a good time, post to somebody else's. <laughs> In this case, if you had a good time, let the people at the front desk know. Let them know what you want more of. Hand those card, one of those cards in, the other one you keep. Do you have any blank cards? Yes, I do. I have lots of them. One of those cards you get to keep. The other one you hand in so I have your contact information for your consultation. So if anybody needs cards, I got them. Thank you, sir. Oh, you, I only need one. You keep That's three. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure it's legible. Here you go. Thank you. Here you go. Take two. I need one empty. There you go. Yep. Hopefully, I won't get them all mixed up. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I enjoy being with you. Now that I know. I needed eight more hours of that. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. I'd like a card. Here you go. Take two. They're small. And I'd like to, uh, to give you this card back, and I'd okay. like to give you this card of mine, which is my own little induction for people to produce natural smiles. Oh, cool. Thank you. Well, it worked on me. It's got the information on the back. It's part of a huge art project. Hold on a second. A huge art project? Yes. What kind of art project? That's well, I, I'm a glass artist. I'm making 10,000 of them, giving them away worldwide all oh, over wow. the world. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want another card? Connecting on the internet and whatnot. Uh, two. two for you. There you go. 
The Clinton look? Yeah. Okay, it works like this. So if I'm talking, yeah, I'm looking at you, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with you, and as I go to look away, I look back. Right, so it's a look back. Yeah, it's the look, it's the back look. All right, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Here you are, these thank are from you. my aisle. Thank you very much. You guys rock. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sure, we meet on the third Saturday of every month from 11 to approximately 4 or 5 p.m. Um, and basically, it's not a certification class. It's strictly a skill building class. So whatever it is that you most want and need, the skill sets that you want to work on, touch up on, or just learn, you tell me if they're in my toolkit, I put them on the board. We create the group lesson plan. So it's my skill sets, your applications, and we drill for the next four hours until you own it. And then the, the video goes into the archives, and then the mastermind members, especially the live ones, they get unfettered access to that all the time. The live, is it live in person in San Diego? We're working now, I'm working with HPTI now. It's not happened yet, but they have a, a brand new studio with streaming capacity. I'm discussing the possibility of teaching my mastermind at HPTI campus and streaming it out to practice groups. Now, you did not hear that from me. Okay, because it hasn't happened yet. Okay. Okay. And I'm not sure that it will. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. Okay? Uh, and you can always ask Scott to put the bug in his ear because he really, really does pay attention to what you guys tell him. He really, really does. He's the most responsive coordinator in any organization I've ever seen. So let him know. Did you put that link up there? Or is it not up? Is it this one? I couldn't, nothing came up whenever I went to that. I know it's up. It's a not found. Yeah, but you can go on Google, it probably will give you that. Go to my LP Power website and just type in uh, HypnoThoughts. I did. Okay, now, I, now I'm getting bothered. Yeah. You're, you're fast. I'll fix it. Is it this? No. HTL 2015? Let's try HT 2015. I might have gotten that wrong. There you go. I, I literally tried to keep it short so I wouldn't forget it. Show you how well that worked. Uh, let's try HT 2015. Another from Mike Mundell. Nice. Damn it. You, you've been taking Mike's because I see the shirt. That should be HTL 2015. You got a nice shirt. HTL. <laughs> we just came out of like today. I'm like lying. <laughs> see, I'm like smiling. Like I can't. See, I don't care. I'm okay. I'm all about it. All right, I will fix it. I know. I know. I'm I will get it that. from you. Um, do you have a? Did you fill out your stuff on the card? Yeah. Okay. Um, I will. I will send out the URL, and I will. I will actually be doing this again. Um, the next breakout will be tomorrow. It'll be energy hypnosis, I think. So I'll be doing this through the entire uh, the entire program. So I will get the URL right, and I will announce it in the next meetup. All right. Thank you. Do you have a good time? Yeah. Cool. I'm not a good professional. Do you have the other little book? Can I just take a photo of the ticket? Yeah, just give it to me. Thank you. I haven't got it back, actually. Someone might have, actually. Anybody see my lie detection book floating around? Uh, on practical kinesic interview and interrogation? What do you guys do? You like, uh, Did somebody take it? <laughs> Thieves everywhere. It's, a, it's, a field, it's practical kinesic interview and interrogation by Stan Tennant. Yeah, I've done a few No, just one uh, oh, wait. interesting question. Yes, sir. 
I'm based over in Europe. Mm -hmm. yeah? So on things like your messaging on every third Saturday, mm -hmm. it's a little problematic. Yeah. So he's very sales. You have a thought of anything like Well, I would start with getting access to the Mastermind archives. Um, I'm working with HPTI about the potential possibility of um, streaming the the program to uh, to people. And my biggest my biggest challenge why I haven't done it sooner, releasing anything locally, is because it's a hands-on group. I want you guys actually. But, 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 but is it possible, like, via um, Skype, on, yes. so that you can actually see me and I can see, yes. I can see the group? Yeah. yeah, we have the technology to do it. We're working on finalizing that now. I just so haven't decided if I'm going to do it in Newport Beach at HPTI's campus or if I'm going to do it from San Diego. I would much rather have them do it, because then all I do is show up and teach, and they can handle the tech stuff, because I don't really want to do that. So. I can't wait to uh, look at my ex-wife's signature. She's got three O's in her name. Oh, boy. You're gonna have fun with this, I can tell. Long period of time, I knew she was on ice and all that. Okay. Didn't know what to do. Yeah, well, let's start figuring it out. We got divorced. Oh, so it's all good now. All right, well, I'm glad things worked out. I think. Very cool. People live better. Yeah, because the, the, the part of them that, that separates reality from, from fantasy is pretty much asleep. So they, they you can literally they can literally believe in order for them to 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 well yeah it, it's just they're, I was taught when a person is in trance they're actually a better liar because the parts that would actually signal that they're being deceptive are kind of quiescent. So they have no desire to tell the truth. If, if a person wants to lie to you, there is no hypnotic state short of sodium pentothal that will stop them from doing it. Okay? That's why when you, when you do your pre-talk on people, you have to let them know that um, trance is actually a physiological process. If you follow the four simple instructions, 10 out of 10 people will go into a profound state of trance. But no matter how deep in the trance you go, you never lose your ability to accept or reject any suggestion that you're given. Okay, if I give you a suggestion and you don't like it for some reason, you don't have to take it. So that puts the whole, the whole crux of whether they get success or not on the client and not whether you can successfully hypnotize them, right? However, the corollary to that with, in terms of lie detection is when you're doing, going through processes and you ask them to test and make sure that it's done, if they signal and tell you that it's done and all of a sudden they come out of trance and the problem's still there, they lied because they didn't follow the instructions. See what I mean? Yeah. Right? And so, again, did I fail? No. You didn't follow the instructions. I said you to keep trying to bring it back until you can't. Right. And when they can't bring it back, they said... That's mine, actually. I bring my own. Is that sure microphone is coming here? Is mine also plug that into your system? Yeah, I don't want to take your... That's all right. And this is your power cord. So, um, so yeah, a lot of the change work I do is based on, on, on an NLP concept called convincer strategy. And the way I word things, I actually separate observer from operator in the, in the neurological system. So they literally, the conscious mind, the part of them that would actually think and realize is actually watching the unconscious mind change it. So there's nothing the conscious mind can do about it. Mm -hmm. Is there a cost to the mastermind? For you, for the 30 days, no. Okay. 
there's no hidden costs either because there's no, like, it's not going to suddenly bill you or anything like that. Okay. It's just my gift. I'm here to give. Well, I'm saying the... Oh, the mastermind. Yeah, the ma- it's, a, it's a paid mastermind. So okay. depending on when you get in, it can be anything from 97 to $247 a month. Okay. Right. Most of the time when people join, it's when I'm offering a special. But I have had people just say, I don't care, I just want to be part of it. So, um, okay. And what I will probably do once I get the streaming aspect, I mean, I haven't really decided. There's so many things up in the air about I was never going to release any of this. Mm-hmm. Those archives were there strictly for the benefit of my live students. But I'm here, and people will need these things, and, and it's just cool stuff. And So I said, you know what, here, just go, go play. And since we're not allowed to do back-of-the-room sales or anything like that, it's a great way to do a sale. I just, I just want people to know about what we do. Yeah. And Elmer's, you know, he he, he actually met us at Hypno Thoughts two years ago, and he's he's been, uh, you know, very consistent. And it's it's a great it's a great community that we're building. But it's 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 an extension of what Hypno Thoughts was. I've seen was. the mastermind stuff. Yeah. Some of it I can't get to, but but I mean, there's so much stuff there anyway that I need to give it to you for free. So yeah. I'm not gonna claim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it's not really edited because. Yeah. I don't have that's that kind of time. Yeah. But it's there's a there's, there's stuff that comes out. Some of it's repetitive because problems are consistent. Mm-hmm. And then there's some of the stuff that's just amazing training on everything from body language to attraction to laws of attraction to energetics to lie detection, advanced rapport skills, conversational hypnosis, inductions. I mean, it's just a full spectrum of stuff there because the people in there are different. Everything and a lot of marketing stuff too. Sales, marketing, prospecting, how to do public certain types of public speaking. Things like that. So it's just a tremendous. Okay, yeah. I'm definitely going to get into that. Thank you. Okay, I'm here all weekend. Come on, to, come on to some of our breakouts. We'll give you more stuff. Thanks. I just wanted to gig you. When do you think you're going to have your next year schedule? I'm going to have it done by September. Okay. Yeah, I have to because I have I have like 14 people now that are waiting to know where they can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're actually doing an NLP prac. We're probably going to do a master prac. Oh, really? We're, we're considering that. doing a three-day erotic hypnosis. Okay. Like the ones I used to do, where I actually brought the girls in. Oh, okay. That seemed to be a very popular idea for some people. And the thing that I tell you every time I see you or talk to you is, I would like to have a vibrational healing, not in December. Oops. I know, I know. That's the problem. Yeah. I work for UPS. Yeah, I know. I really want to do that. Now, I, I, what's what's the guy that Burton Burton Burton? Bangston. Bangston. Yeah. I, I I looked at his stuff. Read his book. Uh huh. I got to say, and I'm playing with it. It's uh, powerful shit, dude. The, the problem that I have is, is I'm, I try, I'm trying to do it auditorially. I don't know whether that works or not. You know, the, the, the that's the, a good question. Cycling. That's a very good question. You know, I don't because, know because I because I, I mean, I'm sure I'm seeing things, but, I, but that's not I'm not conscious. Well, here's what I would do. I would take the sound, the words that you're doing, and draw a symbol for it, and then just pretend the symbol's there and just say the word. I, well, I was thinking also. And I've started to do it. I haven't really followed up on it. Is to make numbers, and yeah. uh, one, and, and then I can go one, two, three, and and, and try cycling those. Yeah, so. I, I've done that. Oh, really? As long as you, yeah, I've done I've done a lot of interesting things using banks. I've 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 done a lot of uh, experimenting with the basic technology that Bankston gave me, mm-hmm. uh, and I've made a quite a quite a few discoveries. Well, that's that's what I figured. I, I yeah. figured that. Uh, yeah, I, as well, long we, as you can we, cycle through them very, very quickly. I, I don't, because I'm doing it auditorily. Yeah. You know, okay. Well, that's all right. Just start fast. Just start speaking faster, faster, faster. So you just, you just hear this hum. Okay. Okay. 
right? Uh, the whole, I'll, just I'll speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. The whole idea is that you've you got to speed it up to the point where you can't consciously track it anymore. Uh-huh. That's the secret. Well, what I was wondering was, is part of this you're just getting yourself into the theta state? Um, and actually, and, and that's his, and that's well, that's what I told it. him. He had no concept yeah. of, of being in a theta state or anything that had this even remotely related to hypnosis when I talked to him. In fact, uh-huh. that's why he gave me his personal email. Because at the end, of, during intermission, I went up to him and said, you know, Bill, what you're doing is a hybrid of, of two very, very powerful and, and quite old hypnosis techniques. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is called the confusion induction, mm-hmm. and the other is uh, you know, basic self-hypnotic programming. He's like, really? I said, here's my email. Send me some information on that. Wow. Yeah, he had no idea the parallel of what he was doing and how it was Well, he late. comes from a completely different he is very, perspective than we do. Yeah, he has no patience for people who don't care how it works. Because <laughs> he wants to know. His, his, he, his, he words were, know. his words were, when I said, I don't care how it works, I just care that it works. He goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> he, he, he has to know. And that's why he spent so much time researching this yeah. stuff. And it works. I mean, I, he blasted me by accident. Um, and, and my sinusitis went away. It, and it didn't come back for a long, long time. And uh, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of work with banks and stuff. And I've been really, really impressed because it's simple. I've been I've been using it more in terms of kind of manifesting because yeah. I, I haven't had anybody to, to work with. So manifesting my, my is actually <laughs> manifesting is actually what I use it for. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, well, you, and, but he didn't a, realize what that, he had. Just like when I when I got that spin just like when I got that spinning technique. Uh-huh. I got it, it worked great and put it on the shelf and never thought about it. Uh-huh. He's sitting at the seminar. He goes yeah, you just do your image cycling and the healing happens. And oh, by the way, you're going to manifest whatever you, you're automatically going to manifest <laughs> oh, whatever way, you spin. Happen, yeah. Yeah, and it's just going to happen, so don't worry about that. And you go back to healing and just, you know, enjoying your spin. And I'm like, what did he just say? <laughs> right? Right? And he just blew it off like it was no big fucking deal. Well, he did say, well, and when you get something, you have to you have to put something else in there. Yeah. You know? And so the other and, thing and was... So is, it's just kind of an aside. But then what he said was, and you've got to be careful what, what you manifest, because if you manifest a change that somebody doesn't want, the change will happen... And then they'll find a way to screw it up. And I'm like... He, he said to get permission. If you don't get permission... Well, that's my point. Is I, I pulled him aside later. I said, Bill, are you telling me that if somebody doesn't want something and you use this process, it will still happen? He goes, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, vibrational influence. And that's where I left it. But, I mean, yeah. those little things yeah. just kind of jump out at me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'll see you around. How was the talk? Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. No, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. You know, I have-